And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. I am Cam Edwards. I am joined by the lovely and talented Miss E. Hello, dear. Hello. Uh, Apologies if the... uh, I always feel like the sound quality is never as good as it should be because I'm not an audio engineer, apparently. But uh, we are recording at the kitchen table as opposed to the home office this evening because uh, it's about... I don't know. It was about 95 degrees today, so even with my little air conditioner running, it's about 82 in my office right now, and we can't do the show with my air conditioner running in the little home office because it's just too loud. It's a little portable air conditioner, so we are back at the kitchen table with the hum of the deep freezer behind us and Zelda trying to crawl into my lap as we uh, do the show here. Yeah, I think she just thinks that you have dinner because we're sitting in our spots where we have right where we sit for dinner i think she just i think she just wants head scratches she's not even staring at me she's just like leaning up against the chair at the moment she just really wants attention today yeah so we've gone in the span of a couple of weeks from uh, having a freeze to scorching right now i mean it'd be 90 something yeah but the tomatoes are coming along so well they're crazy growing fast i it seems like every time i look at them they, they come up a couple of inches yeah some of the um uh, it's either the sweet million or the orange panouche. Those, those are, are little cherries. The, the little, both cherries, little cherries, but both of those plants are like oh I don't know I want to say like two three feet tall now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we it, did we just put them out? But yes, they're massive. Yeah, we put them out three weeks ago. Yeah, but they made um, it through the every single plant made it through the frost, and we have tomatoes on a bunch of plants in, in yeah. addition to having a bunch of flowers here. Now. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, they're small little. <laughs> green fruits right now but and they're uh, all in the cherries but hey no they're not that. we have some of the paste oh, no, I see, too i did you're right i did see some over there oh, i don't, <laughs> haven't seen any uh in the slicing the bed of slicers yet no. but uh yeah I'm, I'm excited so far the uh, tomato plants are doing great we have our uh, peppers at least moved outside not in the ground yet that's uh once again on my to-do list for this weekend um but they're still in good shape they're they're doing okay and uh moved them out to get them acclimated to the uh, warm weather and they should love they should love this weather right yeah, now they are loving it outside i need to uh oops, sorry i do need to uh water them before i forget but not now because it's gonna be too cold too you know you don't want to water them at the end of the day no so, do it in the morning yeah uh what are you looking at oh i was looking at the types of the tomatoes because we always get asked um and it's funny because when i say i'm growing tomatoes everybody else is like oh yeah i have i have some too i'm like what kind and they were just like Tomatoes. Tomatoes. (laughs) The red guys. So we have the sun golds, which are the little, really beautifully sweet orange Mm -hmm. uh, cherry tomatoes that we like a lot. And then we also have the orange perouche. I've been calling it panouche. Perouche. And sweet million. And the sweet million are like little red ones that are supposed to grow. They almost look like a a cluster of grapes, right? They're so small. And then for the slice, we have the pink pink Berkeley tie dye. And what's called an ananas noir. I don't remember what that one was. It's was a like, darker skin. It's got a, a lot of lycopene in it. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Which is, I think, why we got it, because it's a good antioxidant, and it's a cancer-fighting oh, yeah. uh, chemical. And then we got Heinz paste, Cordova paste, little Napoli paste, which are kind of like small Romas, and then some San Marzanos. So we should have enough for canning this year, since those beds all look to be doing really well. Yeah. Speaking of tomatoes, by the way, uh, Missy recommended a book. I, I think I ended up... Did I buy this for you? 
No, thinking I'm, that you would like it, or did no, you buy it thinking that you would like Amazon. it? Okay, it's called Tomato Land. Yeah, and I, I I remember thinking when you got it that our impression was that it was like a history of the tomato. That wasn't and, it at all. And it's a that's probably kind about of. a quarter of the book. Yeah, uh, it's a fascinating book, and I would I you read it probably two years ago, and yeah, you've been bugging me to read it since, and I finally was like, okay, I have nothing to read. I'll read a book about tomatoes. And it, it's not about tomatoes. It's about how t- tomatoes are grown here in the United States, which is fascinating in and of itself because basically you've got California is where the, the canning tomatoes come from. Right. Uh, Florida is where the tomatoes, particularly the tomatoes that you eat in the wintertime in grocery stores. And salads. Uh, that, that's where American-grown tomatoes come from. And it's incredible what you have to go through to grow a tomato in Florida. Yeah. And yeah. all of the pesticides. And, and all the gross and, and all of the human cost. And yeah, it's a fascinating and sad, but, it, you know, they, you know. Ultimately, it's a, a yeah, so, so it documents the problems that the tomato pickers have had over the years, including, you know, flipper babies and birth defects because you've got pregnant women that are working in the field around these pesticides. Yep. And, you know, cases of honest-to-God human slavery, human trafficking. Yeah, people where they're, um, where they're putting, like, 20 to 30 people in a single-wide trailer on, on, in any kind of configuration for sleeping and then, like, basically making them pay them for the food that they eat and the places that they live. So, they, like you said, it's like indentured servitude, but they never can get out of it. So, yeah. Yeah, totally like slavery. But they were able to actually address these problems and yes. fix these problems. And it what was inspiring to me is, you know... It was obviously people on the left who were really kind of pushing to to make these improvements, but eventually people on the right came together, and it didn't require a government program. No, it didn't require legislation. It was cooperation. It was volunteerism, which I think to me is a very conservative concept. And so um, it was, yeah, it was really really interesting. And I would encourage you to, to read it uh, if you're looking for something. <laughs> You know, it's not necessarily a beach read, but if you're looking for some no. summer reading, Tomato yeah. Land is a good one. It's because it's not too terribly long. However, if you really wanted to get something long, long, long to read, then you should read Tom Holland's Dominion because it really is just a fascinating historical look at how Christianity affected the whole world. <clears throat> the whole everything. The whole everything. Yeah. Like, just everything. Sorry, I was just leaning. I was going to wait till you finished talking, and I was going to hit the cough button and cough, but Sorry. I just leaned away. It's okay. It's all good. Um, yeah, so you've been reading Dominion, or you just finished Dominion, then you... Oh, then I read God's Secretaries, which was really great, interesting. It was about a, a committee of, like, 50-plus men who worked on trans on using a couple of different versions of translations of Bibles that came through history into what is now the King James Bible that was done in like the 1600s, very mm-hmm. Jacobian. Um, so that was really interesting. And now I'm reading a book about <laughs> Genghis Khan and his family and the Mongols and how they took over a huge amount of uh, Asia and um, parts of Europe. They got as far as Kiev and they established a Khan there, but... They well, didn't they actually get as far as Hungary? Czar. Yeah, they got all this weight. They, they got everybody like, converted and, that's where and they took over. they were and, actually pushed back, was right? They got as far as Austria, and that's where they kind of... They weren't even pushed back. It wasn't that they were pushed back at all. They were like, Ugh, 
we don't like to fight. It's too crowded. There's too many woods. You never know where the pastures are. There's not good open plains where we can... Because they brought millions of animals with them. These were like years-long campaigns. So they scouted ahead to look for big pastures. If they didn't have places where they would have big pastures, they would burn down farms and drive people out so that the fields would go back to pasture. So by the time they got there in a year... They'd have a place to keep their horses. Because wow. for every warrior, he had five horses with him. Wow. And so, and they would be like hundred, like 100,000 men on a campaign. Genghis Khan ruled a gigantic empire. And then one of his wives, one of his son's wives, four sons, mm-hmm. ended up doing the huge expansion. They actually went all the way trying to take over the Song Dynasty in China and then going all the way they got all the way to Kiev and established okay. somebody out there in, over Russia. But this was in like the 12, 12 early 1200s. 12 yeah. So just utterly fascinating but now I understand why our family gets our eyes from because we're from the, the Ukraines had the um, you have a little Mongol a little in bit of a little Mongol in us. Well I think and I don't know if they talk about it in the book because it's been a while since I've read it um I'm getting beaten up by the dog here. He's demanding pets. But uh, I, I, it's some crazy number of people in the world are related to Genghis Khan because yeah. of how many kids that he had. It was like one in every hundred or maybe it was one in every ten. Actually, he I didn't mean, have like, too many kids, but it was just how far all of them well, spread how far, out. Well, and how many kids they had. Yeah. And, yeah but yeah. It, it is. It's some crazy number. It's Yeah. Um, I've been reading... Uh, Professor Nicholas Johnson's book came out in 2016 called Negroes and the Gun, the Black Tradition of Arms. I uh, read it when it first came out. Really, really good. Reading it again because of current events. And uh, again, it's really, really good. I mean, it's just a, a really well done history. Uh, and I would encourage folks to uh, to read that if you're looking for more uh, reading material. I don't know when this turned into the uh, 40 Acres Book Club, but... Uh, I don't know. We've been we doing a lot of it lately. We needed to start talking about something. We've both been reading. Yes. And so. trying not to spend, uh, you know, all of our time online. Although you have had to come text me at like 3.30 in the morning a couple of times because I've been stuck on Twitter and... Yeah. Hi. I've been asleep. Wake up. Go pee. And you're not in bed yet. I'm like, okay, no, I think it's late. Don't you think it's a little late? You need to be coming to bed. Yes. And I've been I've been much better about that. Oh yeah, way better. But it's also you know it's it's, it's cool because it's kind of the time of year. Yes, we're behind on the uh, peppers, and a lot of times it's just you know we're not able to get a lot of work done during the week because get done with work, we have dinner, and then generally speaking, the sun's going down, or yeah. that's when I run to the store. Yeah. Like last night, we had to run down to Tractor Supply and get you know pig feed because yeah. there's been road work in Farmville directly in front of the Tractor Supply, and it's been like. Just this incredible ordeal to try to get into the parking lot. Yeah, right. So we had to drive to Appomattox, which is, you know, another 25 miles out of our way. Um, so, you know, there's just been, like, stuff happening where we haven't been able to, to get a lot of work done during the week. Instead, it's kind of try to cram as much of it into the weekend as possible. Yeah. Oh, well, over the course of this week, I did go out and, like, one bed at a time. I'd take, like, a 15-minute break from my office and, <laughs> and, and walk outside, and I'd get one bed... Uh, get the Florida fencing done. Yeah. So I, I just have one more to do, but then probably got to start over at the first bed again because they've been growing so fast. <laughs> right. Yeah, my, my big chore that I can manage during the day right now is making sure everybody has enough water. Yeah, because so the it's, pigs you know, keep knocking their dish over because they like to get in it. Yes. So that's one of the other things on our to-do list this weekend is we have Electronet for the hogs um, right now they're in that permanent pen that we've talked about before and they're just I mean they're they're 
picking it up. Yeah. You know, there's it's all rooted, uh, and you know, there's just a little bit of grass in it. It might, um, you know, but uh, yeah, but they definitely need a new space. So we've got to train them to electronet. So we're actually going to basically line the inside of the pin that they're in with electronet, run it, get them used to it. Um, they, if they, you know, touch it, and unlike when we first moved them here and they hit the net and they just kept running and they ran right fence. through it, yeah. um, this time they can't do that. Right. So they'll, they'll get a shock and they'll, Bonk. right. Uh, and so hopefully they'll get enough of a shock to, to get trained up pretty quickly. And then we can actually move them out to some real pasture. Yeah, and, that's the plan. Yeah. And then we can move the baby goats in the pen. In there when, and once we get it cleaned up and hopefully it can get dried up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it should actually only take a few days, I think, to uh, to get it in in shape for the baby goats. That was why one when I got to go someplace that wasn't uh, the doctor excursion this week. I got to go to the doctor for the doc for the goats instead <laughs> of the doctor for the people. I had to take the four baby goats to the vet to get disputed and get their vaccinations, and um, I overestimated how long it was going to take to grab them. You gave it, yourself like 30 minutes because they're small. Because they're little and they're fast and they run all right. over the place and you never know which way they're going to go, even with having three helpers. But it literally like, t- took us like seven minutes to get all four <laughs> of them into the one big crate. So I was a little early to the, the vet's office and then the they used this um, uh, I guess it's liquid propane powered uh, cauterizing tool to do to for the disbudding procedure. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was getting hot enough i don't think it had enough uh fuel in it oh and so that you know when dr and dr Auten was out and he they didn't have enough of the vaccinations for the goats either was like i did say there would be four but I, I guess he was out longer than he was supposed to be but he showed up and he took care of everything and um baby goats are all good they're all set to go um and they're like i said we got to just do some finagling and move everybody around but they're about ready to come off their moms too we start yeah i actually moms saw and milking uh, everybody monty and squeak were eating grass tonight and I was yeah like, hey, good for you guys yeah they're nibbly so and, and disbudding um by the way i don't know that we explained what that is but goats whether they're boys or girls automatically start growing horns some do some don't different different okay. breeds you're either pulled or you're okay not. well dwarf nigerians do do yeah. So if you don't want your goats to have horns, then you need to disbud them when they're about two or three weeks old, right before, before the, they get too big. Yeah, they can get a little bit sticky outy because they can always be cut back and then burned. Yeah, but what it is, it's bone, and so what they do is they just burn a big round circle where the bone would grow into a horn, and that prevents that from growing back. And after a couple seconds, they don't feel it because the whole thing goes numb. But they were screaming their little heads off when it was getting done. <laughs> and there was a woman, an, old, an older lady, sitting in the parking lot waiting for her dog to come out. And she just had this look on her face. I said, oh, it's okay. There's the baby goats. They're getting disbudded. And she looked at me and said, they're getting their little horn bits burnt. And she was like, oh! Um, <laughs> but it really then, is like five minutes and they're done. I mean, yeah, they're, it's, they're like, it's not even it. that. And then they're all in the – she came – they were all, were all finished. They get their shots and disbudded. We put them all back into the one big crate. And because uh, it's a, like an extra large giant dog crate, so mm-hmm. they're all fine in there by together, and they're all you know snuggling up, and they're all laying down. And the old lady comes over to see what we have, and oh, but they're laying down. Why is he laying down? I'm like, well, they're gonna have a little bit of a headache, you know. Right. <laughs> and that one just got banded, and she said, "What does that mean?" I said, "It, it, it means they put a hard, t- tight rubber band around his testicles so that they eventually fall off." And she was like, "Too much information." I'm like, "You." me what it meant i'm like don't ask questions you don't want the answers to lady so yeah the kid had a headache and his balls hurt so 
<laughs> and then on your way home from the vet, you, um, this was really cool. Yeah, I'm on a major road in front of the high school area where it's four lanes and it's two lanes in one direction. And I'm in the, I guess, the slow right-hand lane. And up above me, I'm like, is that a black bear? And I'm slowing down and he's getting ready to cross in front of me and stops and starts, turns and looks at me as I'm slowing down to look at him or her being sexist. <laughs> and, uh... It was pretty big, and it just decided it changed its mind rather than crossing the street. It went back up and, and yeah, then, but it, it stopped. It was like a little hill mm -hmm. off the road, but it stopped at the top and kind of looked at me as I was standing. And I just like slowed. I'm like looking at the passenger, like, "What are you doing?" And I went to grab my phone, and um, then he just he or she just took off into okay. the trees. But yeah, pretty big black bear. I can see now why that probably was the one that could big, be big enough or something the, the like it. Mystery it, creature. It a mystery creature big enough to move that try to move that cinder block mm -hmm. but not have the the flexibility to be able to get the undo the door. Right. So. Yeah, because that it was it was clearly, you know, we had put up the uh, the trail cameras and we caught, you know, uh, uh, possums and raccoons. But at the same time, we started putting up the trail camera. The thing that was trying to get into the coop for real moved on. Moved on. And so I don't know what it is, uh, but it very well could have been a younger black bear, maybe yeah. one that had just started out on their own. Um, but, and has now just kind of moved on. I mean, it very well could have been the one that you saw. Yeah. You and know? who knows, it might not be that he's moved on. It might just be that he'll come back on a different circuit right. or a shell. They have a, a territory. Yeah. They like, usually go like, around it. Like coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Which I haven't heard any of those in a while. I haven't either. Usually I know. we'll hear them howling, but I think maybe, I don't know, the weather, COVID, maybe they're all staying home. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> about that six feet thing and they're like nah I don't think so we're howling and then it's, we're spills getting everywhere we all gotta stay home so maybe Zelda is just you know driving them off here she's literally in between Miss E and I underneath the dining room table you can probably hear her click clack toenails on the floor but she keeps smacking us with her feet when we stop petting her and I finally got sick and tired of it I turned my back on her and that's when she went under the table so she can stay there and be less annoying and now she's poking me with her warm wet nose <laughs> Um, Ruh -ruh. So speaking of uh, weird animals and uh, <laughs> weird things that weird animals do, uh, we got our eggs today, and one of the eggs was basically a soft-shelled egg. Yeah, it was right. Like, yeah, it was just like it was a little bit thicker than just the inner membrane, but not a hard shell. And for some reason, it was laid on the top shelf too, which was weird because that's not usually where they all end up. Yeah. And so it must have been that maybe something happened, and she ran in there to lay an egg, and somebody was in her spot laying an egg. Right. And she, she hopped up there for some. I don't know what on earth. So I'm just gonna keep an eye on all the girls and see. And I don't think it's a a problem amongst all of them because I think uh, kid four five said we got like five eggs today. Um. Yeah, so what I've been able to find uh, is that if your birds have been in production for several years, they say, softer shellless eggs may be an indication of a mineral or vitamin deficiency, usually calcium. Mm. So what I'm thinking is that we've over the winter, we were feeding them uh, Purina Laina crumbles, yeah. and they had the oyster shell calcium. And then since the spring, they've been just free-ranging so, we'll just uh, some food so we'll, i'll start giving him some food yeah uh and putting it in in the 
coop in the But they morning. haven't been laying for very long. They're not that old. It just could be a calcium deficiency regardless. Yeah, yeah. They say it's it's normal to see weird stuff when your flocks first start laying, but I think that we've been... Um, and they also say it's to be expected from older hens, too. Mm. So I guess, you know, when they're just starting out, when they're finishing up, and then if they have a calcium deficiency in between. Yeah, so this is the only one that we've seen like that. So yeah. it could have just been... Um, An anomaly. Well, who's the oldest? Well, it's Sabrina, but Sabrina. I really don't... I don't know if she ever lays, but maybe that's what she does lay, and they always get destroyed. Right, yeah, maybe that was just... <laughs> you know, like, Or maybe it was just... But yeah, she, she's a couple years old. I think... Um, didn't, I don't even remember when we got her. I think we got her when we got Mr. Crow. Yeah, I think you're right. Because we got Ida... Which was a, which was the white one who got killed by the raccoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got Ida and like three black chickens all at once, and they were all supposed to be girls, but one of them turned into Mr. Crow. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then we had Sabrina and Cabrina, but then uh, one of them got killed, and then the last one is left is Sabrina. Yeah. So that's the she's like I guess she's like three or four. Right. So so we've got seven right now. Uh, two Dominiques. Four rural ramblers and then rustic ramblers, and then Sabrina, who's a black ostrilorp. Yeah, Um, and then we have um, Mr. Crow the rooster, and he's uh, he's also he's um, not an ostrilorp. He's a uh, Americana. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a mixed mixed breed chicken. The two Dominiques that we have are inseparable. I mean, you would think that they were you know twin sisters. Like because, Siamese that were separated, right? That's how they act. It's hilarious. Yeah, and even like when one of them goes to lay an egg, the other one just stands there and freaks out until her sister comes back. It's really ridiculous. I've, I've I'm always fascinated by chickens, but these two really really like one another. Yeah, they roost together inside at night. They're mm-hmm. always sitting next together on the pole. And you're right when they and I can see them in the yard. When one loses the other, they'll they're yelling their heads off in the yard i'm like what are you guys doing going on about now and i'm like oh oh one of the dumb dominiques lost her sister (laughs) (laughs) right yeah the other day i was really freaking out because i could hear like their the chicken alarm you know and i come running around the corner and there are six chickens uh including mr crow again i guess six girls and mr crow underneath one of our trees hiding out in the bushes like they're hiding from something so then i'm like okay well now i gotta find the seventh chicken or they're just in the shade yeah but it was early enough in the morning that okay. to me i'm like okay this is weird i mean you go again they're either underneath the tree and they're doing the car alarm sound yeah, to me yeah. well yeah, probably that, because she started yelling for her sister and they freaked out yeah, and went to hide she's just down you know in the in the actual coop itself laying an egg <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, I kept tearing out around the house, you know, oh. hoping to, you're expecting, not hoping, but expecting to find, you know, something. Yeah, a predator or something messing with the chickens. No, it's just one of the drama queens. Yeah. And they have they little tiny eggs, too, in comparison to their they sisters. Are, yeah, but they're very consistent. They are consistent. Uh, they are about all the same size. I would say they get called almost, a medium. And you get one almost every day. In the grocery store. Yeah, between the two of them, we get at least one of them every day. Um but we got five eggs just about every single day between seven and ten, so that's mm-hmm. not that's not bad. No, that's enough for and they're for big us. eggs. And yeah, like we had a uh, oh we man, made a you made it awesome. For, was that a frittata? A frittata was uh, I roasted a couple of russet potatoes ahead of time and cut them into chunks, and um, and then I cut ham into some sliced ham, like packaged sliced ham. I cut it into little cubes and put in some cheese and uh, a dozen eggs and a little bit of milk. But yeah, it was just like a big giant layered ham and potato and cheese 
egg custardy thing. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was amazing. I had some for lunch today. So as we've been, uh, you know, kind of slacking in the summer heat and working and all that other stuff, uh, I, I have to give total props to our friend Mark down in Louisiana at uh, Foxborough Farm. I don't know where you find the time to do it, man, uh, because you were just always going. He uh, wrote in with an email saying that uh, four months ago they had closed on what has become Foxborough Farm. They have three dogs now. Oh. <laughs> uh, just rescued a Pressa Canario puppy named Elvis, just turned seven months old. Aww. Had uh, horrendous Dimidex mange, but... Uh, uh, Mark says that is a distant memory now. Already weighs 100 pounds at seven months. Holy moly, that's a big dog. That's bigger than Zelda. In our English Mastiff Porterhouse, every bit of 130 <laughs> at 10 months old, our best buddies. And he says our Boston Terrier is keeping them both in line. That's funny. Um, Mark says uh, the horse is well. Uh, our donkey Rosie is at finishing school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she's home now, I guess, uh, to a brand new lean-to build in her absence. The back pasture will be home to her, a Nigerian dwarf goat named Lily, and her babies, Figaro and Hope. Um, (laughs) Named by our son, who loves the Lumna Acres YouTube channel and is naming our livestock after their animals. Oh, how funny. (laughs) Uh, They were a birthday gift for her, and I added a Nubian buck, Banded, named Zach Efron who is to be renamed when he makes the move in a week or so from the farm down the road. Uh, some royal white sheep are coming soon as well, mending the last of the fence in Thank the next goodness. few days. Uh, Mark says we added two turkey poults, Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. as well as a lone Koshan pullet, uh, another recessive slate turkey for show, breeding silkies as well as the frazzled cross. He says my Bielfelders are going well. Godzilla, my soon-to-be stud, is already the size of our laying hens. His feet are enormous. Another 50-plus eggs are in the incubator and hatching next week. Oh my goodness gracious. I was what I was saying. That's what I'm saying. I feel like a, 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 a slacker. Well, that's okay. They're younger. They have more energy. Two mallard ducks were given to us. They're in our pond now. Same person gave us five Easter egger pullets. We must have 40 chickens right now. Holy next crap. week. What are you going to do with all the eggs? Next week, the uh, chicken me, tractor is being built, and we're selling uh, And all non-breeding cockerels will be moving in. Come Labor Day, they'll all be going to freezer camp. Oh, there you uh, go. That's what you're going to do with them right now. Uh, four raised garden beds, full and growing, all kinds of produce. Black and blueberries coming in, growth in our lemon and satsuma trees, as well as both figs. Mark says, and this is I, I think is interesting, he says, I haven't touched a video game in six months. <laughs> TV consumption's at an all-time low. I'm less sore in the morning when I wake up now. We could not be happier. Uh, and, and, you know, that really is something that, that I noticed too, Mark, after moving to the farm. I used to play video games. And, I, you know, part of it, I'm sure, is, yeah, I, I kind of grew out of it. I kind of aged out of it. Yeah. Other people my age still play video games. Um, but there's always something to do. Yeah. And so I always felt like, I felt like much more of a, of a real slacker when I would sit and play video games on like a Saturday morning, uh, you know, anytime during the daylight hours, because there was generally something that I should or could be doing. Well, plus, like, like then, when we first got here, though, um, we were all gung-ho about stuff, but you were only here on the weekends. Right. Yeah, that, that is, that's true. For a year and a half. Yeah. So, 
uh, we, we were trying to take it, pack everything that we could into a Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, which, by the way, even now that living at home, it's still roughly what we're doing probably 80% of the time, yeah, right? Because we both work full-time from our day job, or during our day, you know, our day jobs are full-time. Yeah. So I am uh, I am super super happy, Mark, that yeah. everything is going well. That sounds awesome. It sounds like you're you're like one step away from being Doctor Doolittle. Right. Um, we also uh, had a uh, email from Brian. Oh. <laughs> oh, I can't use this one. This is for the after hour show, our Patreon show. But Brian, it's good to hear from you. Um, <laughs> Some suggestions for the up for, for the, the, the intro, intro. from yes. me when it's like. When I come in, we're trying to we're having that conversation about what should I say when I come in, and it's probably just going to be hello. So we should uh, we should go ahead and plug the uh, the Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Cam Edwards. Uh, if you want to kick a few bucks our way, uh, we certainly do appreciate it. We have a subscriber only podcast that is uncensored, not for children. Yeah, not safe. For this work one either. is is not safe for work, not safe for kids. Uh, and uh, we try to Hide do your that. Wife. Hide <laughs> we, your children. We uh, we try to do that once a week. Uh, then we do want to get back to more of Missy in the kitchen. It's been a few months since we've been able to do that, but uh, maybe now that summer's coming here and it's going to be hot during the day, we'll be doing more stuff in the early morning and late afternoon hours outside, and yeah. then we can spend a little bit of time in the kitchen. Yeah. Maybe sh- maybe gazpacho should be the next one that we make. Well, we have we're going to have tomatoes and cucumbers. And so the only other there's only a couple more ingredients and jalapenos I think. Ooh, you know be another good one. What? What's the uh, ceviche? Oh yeah, we could probably do that with. Sh- we can probably make a good shrimp ceviche. Yeah. That would be. I'm yummy. thinking of nice, cool things that don't get the kitchen all hot. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. We don't um, want to do any you know parishki in the kitchen at that point? Right. <laughs> uh, you did make a really yummy. Was it a pariski? Pierogi? No, they were no, pariskis. Pariskis. Yeah, they okay. were the uh, ground beef and onion filled deep fried yeah. bread pies. That, that fried pies. bread was amazing. It really was almost like an Indian taco. Yeah, it, I got the totally got the bread recipe perfect. Yeah. And I found this recipe. I just found a recipe online. Um, if you took, I took a picture. Somebody was like, "Take a better picture." I'm like, "Or just Google the recipe with that same person's name." I'm pretty sure you're gonna be able to find it. I don't need to. I don't. We're lazy. I'm lazy, and I don't. No, have no, no, not, time. I'm not. I'm not saying you lazy. I'm saying like we are lazy. I can't tell you how many times a day somebody says something like, "Hey, where's it?" I'm like, I'm not. Do I look like I got Google stamped on my forehead? Yeah, do I look like a, a card catalog? No, just go ahead and <laughs> look it up your own self. It's, these people are. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, the person's name, the recipe was there. I'm pretty sure you can even read the URL. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the the dough was awesome. I think the next time I make this, I'm going to make twice the amount of dough for the meat that I had. So I have even more left over because I just kept eating them the next t- the next day. I threw them in the microwave for like 30 seconds, throw some soy sauce inside, and I was like transported back to my childhood. <laughs> they were just so good. They really were yummy. Um, one thing that I am hoping to do this weekend, so we are entering phase two of the... Uh, Reopening of the Virginia economy, although oh, yeah. yeah, again with all of the protests, I think we're honestly in like there, there's no phase. The people have decided that it's over. But as far as businesses go, um, we are allowed to 
eat inside now uh, at 50% capacity. Okay. Not that you would necessarily go, but I, what I was thinking is we could go to the uh, Virginia Tasting Cellar. Yeah, because it's outside and we can when sit it right opens, next to the outside. Right, or see if one of the uh, breweries is, is back to being open in like, their beer garden and stuff. And oh, yeah. We get out and enjoy a drink or two this weekend. Oh, that would be nice. I'll be the designated driver. Ooh, okay. How about that? We can do that. Even better, right? Yeah, right. All right, well, we are going to wrap things up here. want to thank you for uh, checking out the program. If you're new to 40 Acres and a Fool, I think we've got like eight years of old shows you can go back through now. There you go. Uh, and uh, for our regulars, thank you for putting up with the uh, a little hitch in getting podcasts posted, but I think we've got that taken care of. It was Zelda's fault. Uh, it was all Zelda's fault. And then, uh, again, for those of you who are uh, subscribers or, or pat- patrons to our uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash Cam Edwards, uh, we thank you very much. All of the proceeds go to pay Missy's medical bills. And uh, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take all the help that I can get with that, but uh, I'm also glad that we have medical bills to pay because... It has now been uh, more than four years since you went to the emergency room and found something weird on your lungs. We yeah. didn't know what it was four years ago around this time, but it nope. was still there. It was the summer of what that bleep is going on. And you're still here. Yes, I'm still fighting. Fist bump. Fist bump. Ooh, Boom, yeah. there we go. We do the little sparkles with it, too. So and we're going to uh, we're gonna make sure that that happens for a, a long time. So the uh, support that you give us helps make that happen, and we do do greatly appreciate it oh yeah we hope that uh, everything is good in your world you can always reach out to us um on twitter i'm at cam edwards on instagram missy is corny goat farm on email we are 40 acre fool at gmail.com just to keep things complicated we have you know because the show's this (laughs) i know i guess i could have a corny goat farm email address but i just never remember to check it we could we could we could start referring people to the corny goat there is no corny goat farm at gmail.com but we could probably create one i guess but why we already have know. 40 acre full it's fine we have what if somebody else acres. creates it and then starts posing as us and then just starts sending <laughs> good it good luck with that <laughs> I'd like to see them try that would be amusing go ahead go for it there you go Cam Edwards on Twitter Corny Goat Farm on Instagram Corny Goat Farm on Facebook 40 acre full at gmail.com uh, and if you want to send us snail mail you can do that too uh, we love getting handwritten letters. We oh, will yeah. write you one in return. I got a letter. I got to write back. I keep forgetting, but I'll get that done this weekend. All right. P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817 is the snail mail address. Uh, we will be back next week. Until we talk again. Be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And make stuff. And we'll see you soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Blaze Radio Network.